Today we are going to start a three-week mini-series working through the minor prophet book, Habakkuk. When I brought up the idea of uh, moving into Habakkuk and pushing pause on Galatians to my family, I gave them a vote, and uh, from the kitchen table I heard a uh, Habakkuk, and uh, Cademan immediately spoke up and said, no, no, I, I want Galatians, I was just clearing my throat, and that's, that's one of the things uh, that we know about the book of Habakkuk. It's one of the, the strangest names we've ever heard. Uh, it's the name of the author, the prophet Habakkuk. And other than having a unique name, who is he? And the truth is we don't know really anything about him other than what he says in the introduction. Habakkuk, a prophet. So what's his story? Well, from the context of the book, we, we learn that uh, he is a prophet in Judea, that is the southern kingdom of Israel, uh, during the, the latter reigns of the kingdom before the Babylonian invasion. Scholars debate which king he served during the reign of, and uh, guess what? They don't agree. There's lots of disagreement, uh, but most conclude that he was at least a contemporary with the major prophet that we know as Jeremiah. His name means this, to embrace to embrace. And regarding that name, Martin Luther once wrote this. He says, Habakkuk signifies an embracer or one who embraces another, takes him into his arms. He embraces his people. He takes them into his arms. He comforts them and holds them up as one embraces a weeping child to quiet it with the assurance that if God wills, it shall soon be better. That's a beautiful sentiment as we move into this remarkable book about our remarkable God, and particularly during this remarkable time in our history. The structure of the book is broken up into three conversations between Habakkuk and Yahweh, the last of which is Habakkuk's prayer to Yahweh, it's a one-sided conversation. And today, we're going to take a look at that first conversation that happens between Habakkuk and Yahweh. And uh, we're going to begin with his distress, that is Habakkuk's distress, in the opening verses, Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. If you would follow along as I read, it says this, The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? and you will not hear, or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth, for the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. You see, the conversation begins with Habakkuk offering a complaint to Yahweh. And let me say, Yahweh, our God, our Savior, welcomes our complaints. He welcomes our lament. He longs to hear our griefs. In these opening verses, Habakkuk describes the injustice that he sees in the world around him. From Habakkuk's standpoint, the wicked are winning and the law is ineffective. 
and justice is being perverted. But Habakkuk's real issue is Yahweh seems to be indifferent. How long shall I cry, Habakkuk says, and you, you don't hear? Why do you idly sit with all of this wrong around? Habakkuk has given his life to faithfully speaking on behalf of Yahweh, warning others of judgment if they don't turn from their sin and follow the, the commandments of Yahweh. But judgment has not come, and the wicked only grow in their wickedness. Habakkuk is baffled by the silence of God in the face of such evil. And that's something that I believe we all can relate to. When I think about abortion, child abuse, racism, uh, genocide, I wonder the same thing that Habakkuk wonders. Oh, Yahweh, how long shall I cry for help and, and you won't hear or, or cry to you violence and you don't save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? When I think of cancer, disease, tsunamis, wildfires, worldwide virus pandemics that not only cause death, but, but are quickly bringing about even economic disaster to so many. I, I sometimes wonder why Yahweh doesn't intervene. Why is he silent? But in grace and mercy, Yahweh doesn't leave Habakkuk or us to our limited faculties. He speaks. I am so very thankful for a God who speaks. Notice with me verse 5 down through verse 11. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. Now notice this is Yahweh speaking back to Habakkuk. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They're dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from them. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth, and they take it. And then they sweep by like the wind and go on guilty men, whose own might is their God. In summation, Yahweh says to Habakkuk, look, look Habakkuk, open your eyes and get ready to be astounded because despite what you can't see, I am about to do a work that you can not fathom, 
a work that, that will blow your mind. And so what is this work that Yahweh is doing? He's raising up the Chaldeans. Well, the Chaldeans were the inhabitants of Babylon. And in verses 6 through 10, which we just read, Yahweh describes for us their fierceness, their savagery, their might. And in the final verse, verse 11, he says this, Then they sweep by like the wind and they go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. Charles Feinberg in his commentary over the book of Habakkuk, he writes this, he says, All that the prophet is stating here is that the successes of the Chaldeans will be multiplied. He will carry all before him as the wind sweeps over vast stretches of land. And in doing so, the Chaldeans conquer heaps up guilt before God because of his ungodly ambition and his subjugation of many helpless peoples. God has given no glory in there, that is the Chaldean successes, because the Babylonian victor praises his own strength, his own might, his power is his God. The Assyrian did the same before him and multiplied others have followed this method since him. For one to make his own strength his God is to commit suicide of the soul. In summary, Yahweh says, Habakkuk, I'm not silent. I'm not idly sitting by. I am working a plan. I will be sending the Chaldeans to judge Judea. And in time, the Chaldeans themselves will self-destruct because pride always goes before a fall. And so here we are today in the middle of a global pandemic. We have realized how little control we have. Uh, we have realized how our freedoms are limited and they can be taken away from us, especially here in America where we tend to enjoy far more freedoms than other nations. And we may, like Habakkuk, be asking, where are you, God? What are you doing? Where is God in all of this mess? Why is he idly sitting by? Why doesn't he do something? But maybe it's, it's not even the pandemic that has you asking, where are you, God? Maybe it's the death of a loved one. We had a family just a week or so ago, who lost their 12-year-old girl in Carthage. They're somewhat connected to our church family through the Ruck and Run ministry that we host here. And I can imagine they're asking the question, where are you, God? Maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's the pain of a broken relationship. Maybe it's depression that you cannot seem to shake. Let me share with you a couple of very important truths this morning. What we learn from Habakkuk is this, that it is good and it is right to cry out to God. 
It is good for us to offer our laments to him. It is good to confess our anger. When you don't understand what God is doing in and around your life, don't, don't just hold on to it and let it, let it grow in bitterness. Don't, don't talk to other people about it and complain about God. Go to him, complain to him, ask him. It takes us back to where we started in this whole pandemic, James chapter one. If you need wisdom, ask God because he gives it generously. But the second thing we learn from Habakkuk is this. Our God is never not working. He is always doing a work that if he told us, we would not believe. We wouldn't understand. And we must trust that. We must embrace the truth that he is working all things together for our good. We must embrace the truth that we learned again from the beginning of this pandemic that he is using these trials in life to conform us to the image of Jesus. We must trust his faithful track record. Our God has never broken covenant with his people. A truth that as we continue through the book of Habakkuk, we will see him plant his flag in, find his security in. In our lifetimes, the, the church um, has never experienced anything like this. Uh, we are now six weeks without gathering together on a Sunday. And we must ask the question, what is God doing? What is he teaching us? Does God intend this as an act of, of judgment? What lessons have I learned from this time, this season? What lessons have I yet to learn? Do I still need to learn during this season? Three weeks into this, I, I just wanted, I just wanted things to go back to normal. I, normal. I, I wanted Sunday to be Sunday, but for some reason, God has not allowed that to happen. And it looks like it won't happen for a few more weeks. So many of you, let's, let's do this over the next few weeks. Let's listen to his words. Let's open our eyes and observe what he is doing. Let's pray for greater wisdom. And let's start now. Father, as we begin this new short series in a remarkable book. Give us wisdom. Help each of us to understand from, from an individual standpoint what it is you want to accomplish in our lives during this strange time. Help us to understand from a, a, a larger standpoint, corporately as a church, what it is you desire to accomplish. Help us to be patient and to watch and to wait and to trust. 
thank you for Jesus. Thank you for that proof that he provides that you are a God we can trust. Thank you for that power and authority he provides so that we can come to you with our complaints, with our lament, in prayer, in his name. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Next week, uh, we are going to consider the second conversation that happens between Habakkuk and Yahweh. Uh, It starts in verse 12 of chapter 1, and it goes all the way through the end of chapter 2. And so I encourage you, uh, read ahead, consider the text before we come into it. Uh, But for today, I challenge you to discuss these points with your family or, or call up a friend, discuss these particular truths. Read through these verses again and drink in the beautiful language, the beautiful language that is used to describe the might of the Chaldeans. I also would encourage you to work on memorizing uh, Habakkuk 1.5. Look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astonished. For I am doing a work in your day that you would not believe if told. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful verse? I'll also be sending out some helpful uh, materials via email, social media throughout the week. Um, let's, let's, as a church, immerse ourselves for the next few weeks in the book of Habakkuk. Read it every day. Read it together as a family. Discuss the truths that you see in it. Uh, later today, uh, Sunday, uh, you're going to receive an email invitation to, uh, from, from one of our men uh, to a Zoom meeting that's going to happen on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And uh, so we're going to divide you up and uh, one of our men, so we're going to have just smaller groups of people meeting on Zoom to discuss these very truths. It won't be long, probably uh, 30 minutes or less, and uh, just to spend some time discussing these things, praying through these things. Uh, So I I just encourage you, connect. Turn off the TV, make it a point to say, I'm going to be a part of this discussion. I'm going to be a part of this meeting. I'm going to connect with my church family. I trust that God is aligning up who needs to be aligned up, who you need to be on that Zoom call with this Wednesday night. And then on Thursday or Friday of this week, uh, look for a discussion between me and Pastor Nathan from Emmanuel Baptist in Nixa regarding uh, this particular text. And uh, we're going to focus in on the idea of lament, what that looks like, what it means to cry out to God during these troublesome times. Uh, Metal View, I love you. God bless you. And I look forward to gathering together again with you in this room. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.